just start today by looking at the comments here. I see one that says, I'm driving home to Minnesota and sure wish whatever podcast this is would start live streaming on time. That's really interesting. I mean, Seth, the, the pure coincidence of all of that, you know, we were a few minutes late today. That's true and nothing abnormal. But Seth, I'm sure you have a lot to say about it. Right, Seth? Seth? He's, he's here, right? Where is he? Well, there, there's no way he's talking mad bleep in the comments. Not while not being here. There's no way Seth would do that. Right, Seth? Not after the weekend we just had. I mean, that that's that's uncharacteristic. And yet, it's also kind of weird. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Only Weird Games formerly known as Time's Ours. Seth is driving back to Minnesota, and I have to imagine icing up his bruised ego and his uh, broken ankles just because of the weekend that we had when he was in town. Uh, look, I mean, when you get when you get taken to the hoop by me four or five times in a way that is as disrespectful as, as I was able to uh, put on Seth, well, you know, I don't blame you for, for sitting one out, Seth. So whenever, whenever you're ready to face the music again, maybe we'll talk to you on Thursday. But the good news is we have the only member of the Only Weird Games crew with any game whatsoever, Nate Taylor, with me, Tasha Briscoe, here on KCSN. Uh, Nate, how would you uh, how would you levy the scouting report? As uh, look, I know you didn't have your best effort. Um, no, we're playing dark outdoor dark, yes, driveway it was basketball. Wasn't ideal. Yes, uh, but uh, you you definitely after some of the competitiveness. You know, after after having to deal with a defensive menace like myself, <laughs> your shots were going in. Ours never were. Yeah. Well, I also had to. I also had to guard. I mean, this is getting you know, this is so fun. I also had to guard Rudy. I, I yeah. I really Salazar. It was yeah. like a, a legitimate like stretch four. I would say. Yeah. You know, I'm more like combo guard. Occasionally, can play <laughs> small forward if if the coach needs me to. Now, you know, this is three on three. Uh, I chose my wife to be my teammate, Mark, and and then we reluctantly uh accepted Seth as the is the last pick in the in the six player draft. Um, so you know it's uh it's tough. You know I felt like Seth definitely has some look longly to him. Yeah, but also you know you probably look. The thing I learned about my friend over the weekend, guys, is that when he is not in Minnesota, he chooses to travel by flip-flop, by sandal. <laughs> he also chose to play basketball by sandal until those puppies went off when the game got as competitive as it possibly could. Uh, and then he tried to take Josh multiple times to the hoop in an embarrassing manner that says, wow, he... He used to have it. It, it, it the, the lights are not. It, it does. It doesn't. The lights don't get him going anymore. Uh, now I could make a shot to save my life, but yes, after after the uh, after our defeat um, in a game to five that clearly showed everybody is over their athletic pride. Um, a game to five that took probably twenty five minutes. Yeah, that there was a lot of there was a lot of jokes and a lot of like laughing at one another and some great um, defense and some and some just a late hellacious in your shirt because the person can't move with the ball. Uh, <laughs> defense and and yeah, like I guess you know uh, we should obviously give give a shout out to Clint Clint Newton who was our gracious host, uh, who you know like Commissioner Adam Silver peaked up. I'm going to go back down to the to the fire pit that I created. Uh, wise choice by him. Uh, but yeah, like the, the idea of playing basketball and then finding out that Seth didn't bring a single pair of closed-toed shoes, <laughs> or at least ones that I didn't see. Uh, I never saw them. It's, it's just something that I did not know I needed in my life, but it was it was great. I'm so glad that, you know, um, we're, we're talking like, 
I mean, so washed Luke Longley, guys. I mean, yeah. Uh, there was also a an and one uh, on both sides. So I don't know, Josh, if you want to share that before we get into the familiarity that is Chiefs Chargers that that I've written forty four times. It's just <laughs> the familiarity of Chiefs Chargers. Big height, same outcome. That's the that we should probably just dive in there. I'll I'll just say you know there was some tough defense, there were some hard fouls, and some really hard fouls. Like I, oh. much too. Uh, we're just name dropping everybody. Jordan Foot. I don't I don't want to put him on on blast with this opinion. I just don't agree with it. He he thinks that we have a shot in the three on three game against the lab that has apparently been bantied about to this point. Mm. I think I'd take let's say it's like the twenty one or whatever. I I would take I'd take the lab minus like six and a half. I think. I mean, <laughs> it it I don't feel great about how that would go. Um, uh, but I do know I'd put the clamps on Kent. Like Kent's not scoring. That I know. I'm also probably not scoring. But I see I grew up on Steve Nash, so I'm about I'm about distributing. We're gonna find those seams. I'm I'm throwing football passes, whatever it takes to to try to you know feed you. I think. Um, and then maybe we could get Seth to just draw a defender to the corner. Right, and look, if I can contain Rudy Salazar, I mean, who's to say I can't contain Matt, right? I mean, that was the big discussion is like, well, Matt's kind of athletic. And I was yeah. like, well, at least Rudy didn't dunk on me. So there's that, you know? Uh, and I got- Rudy and Nate both grabbed rim, by the way. Nate yeah. did grab rim pretty yes. effortlessly, it seemed to me, at least by my vertically challenged standards. Still got still got some high jump in me, you know, all the way back from those those high school, early college years. You know, at one point, <laughs> Sister Missouri was like, hey, you want to play track? You're, you want to run track? You want to be a hurdler, high jumper? What about a four by four? All the things I did in high school to a pretty decent degree. And I said, no, it's this thing called party. Why would I <laughs> ever do that? Uh, so it's probably the best choice I made in college was not uh, trying to walk on to like, I don't know, the track and field team or in the worst decision I made was not studying abroad. Every mm. person should just study abroad. It is. Oh, the world is amazing and not America. I cannot stress that enough. It's I'm about to do it. And I know I will be the most gracious American in Frankfurt that you have ever seen because Germany is not america neither is mexico neither is prague i mean london is like as close as i've ever yeah. come and even they were like but you're so american i'm, I'm trying really hard i'm trying so hard to be a to be a, a, a humble american yes and you tell me where the tube is by chance uh you know so um yeah rudy and i if we wanted to elevate and then snap every bone in our body. We probably could have dunked, but I'm at the age that you should never dunk. Like grabbing rim and living to tell the tale is is a is a is a peak for me. I I was I was really proud of your effort. Like you said, I, I think I think me and Kent match up great. I think you and Matt would be a battle. Um, and then I think Craig would put up all 21 points on set, and um, <laughs> that I think would be the end of it. Speaking of the end of it, Nate. Uh, you wrote about the exact same lane and line of thinking as I opened the post game show with last night, yes. unbeknownst to each other. That happens. Yes. It makes me love so it. happy. Makes me so happy because the first words out of my mouth last night were, All right, everybody, print the t shirts, make the hats, cash out the AFC West bets because <laughs> I don't need to see any more from the AFC West. There's another AFC West game next week. I was, I was just about to say, like, and, and they play another AFC West game on Sunday. They they got another one on Sunday. They haven't even played the Raiders yet, which, man, they're special. Like, Josh this <laughs> is a special thing to watch as NFL head coach. And I say this to someone who had to spend some time loosely defending Brandon Staley because the analytical stuff was not his downfall. His downfall was, all right, third and a billion. Everybody put your heels on the first down marker and just tell Pat to run for it. Wait a second. That's what he wants to do. I think there's a thousand things from this game that are fascinating. The Chiefs season still has a lot going on, but they are completely alone at the top of the AFC. 
Mm-hmm. They have an outrageous lead in the AFC West that I am mm-hmm. genuinely just considering that division closed at this point. What's your what's your favorite takeaway? What why was that the way that you went uh, up in the uh, the post game piece up in the athletic? It was it was one of those things where I wanted to. It's kind of a one two, you know the the easy one. The the jab is they are, I mean. Everything changes, but it's mostly been the same for almost a decade now. I think people really need to acknowledge, and I guess if you're a Chiefs fan, like really appreciate that, like the Chargers have done everything, at least for the last five years, to come close to you. And outside of maybe the 2021 season, the divisional races are never close. the The Broncos have all the money in the world, and they about to eat a lot of it to get a new young dynamic quarterback which the Chargers already have and they've never come close they've never beaten Patrick Mahomes and the Raiders as you alluded to Josh just what a I will argue right now to our dear listeners and viewers there is not a worst in my opinion in the modern NFL which largely begins let's say in the Tom Brady era right since 2001 there has not been a worst repeat offender head coach than the guy who coaches the Raiders who the Colts hired and he was like no I'm good I'm good for the Colts he could have ruined the Colts even though the Colts are ruined like I just want people to remember they gave that man all that money, and he ain't showed a single thing outside of a Tim Tebow run that you ain't going to ever see again in this league. So, with that said, that is the jab. The hook is... He's coached half the AFC West. And, 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 and... He's so... Does his team's the the reason why I say he's the worst coach who was a repeat offender is I don't ever think his teams improved. His teams have never improved over the course of the season, outside of just the most random. I mean, was he the coach of Tim Tebow? Someone tell me this. Uh, I believe he coached the Tim Tebow era, but maybe my mind's just no. I think you're right. I'd all over that. But you know, it's yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and that was again that was the weakest the AFC West was in like the modern. Tom Brady era. Anyway, all I'm trying to say is the Chiefs are improving. And this is one of the big things that uh, has now sort of resonated with me is we're seven weeks into the season, Josh. The gap is only getting wider. And the Chiefs are the only team in the division that you can see with your own eyes that is actually improving. The Raiders can't stop anybody. Okay. I don't care if you ain't half film on this dude. I ain't never heard of this dude. You gotta stop him at some point. Uh, the the Broncos are a, just a mess. Just a mess. I mean, coming off a win. Coming off a win. God, they have such nice jerseys and such nice end zones, and their stadium's really cool. They should be cooler. And they're they're like thrilled to like escape. Jordan Love before he like maybe figures it out. Um, and the Chargers, did you see some of the, did you see or hear some of the post-game comments in the visitors locker room in Arrowhead, Josh? I saw a couple of them, but I, I haven't heard anything. I don't think. Um, if Chiefs fans want to gloat and want to boast, just want to feast on the Chargers yet again, realizing the inevitable in this Brendan Staley era, go read my guy, Daniel Popper in the athletic who systematically went to every DB and said, what the hell were y'all doing? What were you doing? What were you doing? And the DBs are like, we was just playing a lot of zone. And the stats say that Travis Kelsey eats the zone, right? And yes, that's a problem. It's a legitimate problem. So, you know, with everything that is said over the, I'm just encouraging people to go read this piece because um, Bernie Staley is a defensive-minded coach. He let Travis Kelsey do whatever he wanted and really didn't use 
uh, the defensive player that they're supposed to put on Travis Kelsey in all these games, Derwin James. I mean, he might want to fight Staley at this point because why am I out here if I'm not covering Travis Kelsey on every play, if not most plays? And that was not the case in the first half. And he played every snap, which I was also shocked by. Like, that was outrageous. Also, John Fox needs to get the credit for that oh. Broncos run. That, that I, I apologize for briefly deleting the entire John Fox experience. That 8-8 eight eight um, Broncos team that won the win. Unbelievable. Thank you. Okay, that makes my argument even better. He won't even, even better. He didn't even get that. Did he come in to get a shot how with Tebow? How is he a head coach? How? How? I don't. I would see a head coach. Look, he is a he is one of the most marvelous offensive coordinators. He did a better job than Bill than than Bill O'Brien. Uh, you could say he did a better job than Charlie Weist. How is he a head coach? How? How? How is he a head coach today? He lost to a dude I never heard of. A dude I never saw. Was he ever at the combine? How is he a head coach? Yeah, and the Chiefs drafted Tebow. Thank you, Tucker. He drafted Tebow, and then John Fox took him to the playoffs. Unreal, unreal. Well, John Fox, Super Bowl championship coach. Hey, that roster really didn't change much. But I just, I want Chiefs Raiders to be fun. It's not fun. They're going to get walloped. Josh McDaniels got fired the year before John Fox came in, and then took the Broncos on that playoff run. Mm. Unreal. Truly unreal. <laughs> unreal. Just... And 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 by playoff run, we mean beat the Steelers in overtime and then lost to the Patriots in blowout fashion, right? That's yes. 2011. Yes. I look, man, there has not been a more emotional how in the world that this just happened than because like it might be the the one blemish on Mike Tomlin's resume. How in the yeah. world did we lose to Tim T? Oh, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> now, to be fair to Tim Tebow, somebody clipped this. Tim Tebow is one of the greatest college football players I have ever seen. Oh, my God. Like, Cam Newton kind of wishes he was Tim Tebow. That's how Tim Tebow was in college. Now, with that said, man, I would have loved it if he actually became, who the guy in New Orleans who plays fullback? Tim Hill. Yes. Yes. He could have been Tim Sim Hill. Yes, he could have he been a pioneer for similar athletic Dual quarterbackies. Um, yeah, so, you know, uh, look, they played zone. Don't let the ball go over your head. The ball still went over their head. Uh, don't let Travis Kelsey beat us. Travis Kelsey beat you. Um, And, you know, we have a... Killing Moore kind of outthought it on, on Sunday because the one drive that I think is actually egregious... Um, is the third down, or excuse me, the third quarter drive where they run the ball three straight times, and it's like you have Keenan Allen, you have you have you have Everett, you have a you have a good tight end. Why are we running the ball three times in the middle of the field to just punt? This is everything that was against who you are, Brandon Staley. This is everything you told us you wouldn't be. Um, so the Chiefs are improving, and that's one of the big things. You start to see teams separate. In October and November, I think Travis Kelsey sort of acknowledged and alluded to that when I asked him on Friday. Um, and it's becoming the case yet again. Like, uh, the, the I saw earlier that the Chiefs have a trap game on Sunday. Guys, it can't be a trap game if they never freaking lost to the team. <laughs> cannot be a trap game. I know London, not excuse me, I know uh, Germany is upcoming. And I know everybody's looking forward to that, as am I. It's not a trap game if they've never beaten Patrick Mahomes. It's just, I. If it's twenty-one to nothing at halftime, I'm gonna break my DraftKings app. Just, just taking whatever the Chiefs to cover whatever happens after that. Like that's where my headspace is at. Um, the Chiefs are getting better. The rest of the AFC West is not. Let's talk about exactly how the Chiefs won this game, and want to get your update on Nick Bolton right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. 
With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for those jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Relish the best of autumn with fall flavors, our limited-time, only, hearty, comforting meals featuring seasonal veggies like cranberry pecan chicken and apple Dijon pork chops, ready in just two minutes. They'll satisfy your fall cravings during the busy season without the hassle. Looking for calorie-conscious options during the busy season? Try delicious, dietitian-approved, calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Head to Factormeals.com slash KCSN50 and use code KCSN50 to get 50% off. That's code KCSN50 at Factormeals.com slash KCSN50 to get 50% off. Hey everyone, this is BJ Kissel and I want to tell you about our friends at Batchelder Family Farms and KC Buffalo Company. Located in Belton, Missouri on the south end of Kansas City, this family-owned business has been taking care of Chiefs Kingdom's meat needs for nearly 100 years, even before Chiefs Kingdom. But it's where you want to get your meat going forward. Whether you're looking for the most flavorful steaks, beef, roasts, or even bison meat, they've got you covered. They've got all the cuts on their grass-fed, hormone-free bison and beef products. Check out Batchelder Family Farms. Support local, support good meat. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The defense was fabulous, but yes. they lose Nick Bolton partway mm. through that game. And then today we get the rest of the news where uh, Nick Bolton, as you tweeted out, is expected to return at some point in December after having surgery on what was ultimately a dislocated wrist. Um, it looked, I mean, you could just tell in real time, it was the Chiefs, Justin Watson, dislocated elbow, no IR. So like, that's still all right in the long haul. And, and then Bolton now a couple of like just brutal injuries that you can just tell must hurt like a mother bleeper because there are some very tough dudes like Nick Bolton going to a knee once he gets to the sideline. I don't even want to necessarily think about it, um, but he will have surgery. He will miss some pretty significant time. Uh, certainly would imagine that's an IR stint if the expectation is December. Uh, and we can talk about what they'll do without him. But what do you what do you understand about the Nick Bolton situation? So um, it's really unfortunate just because, you know, I thought one of the underrated parts about last year was the fact that Nick Bolton and Justin Reed stayed healthy throughout the entire course of the season. They were always available. So those guys could communicate one another between obviously the second level and the third level of the defense. Um, now, one of the shrewdest moves, and I wrote about this earlier today in The Athletic, one of the shrewdest, I think it's becoming the shrewdest move they did in the offseason, was actually signing Drew Tranquils for one year, what equates to three to four million. Um, Drew obviously has been available for every game. He will take over, you know, Nick Bolton's role. I know somewhere up north, Seth Kaiser is kind of like, well, I didn't want it like this, but also <laughs> I think Drew Tranquil needs to be on the field all the time. So it's going to be him and Willie Gay. Obviously, you're going to see Leo Chanel, fifth 
pass rusher. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of want to, I don't know, at some point I'm going to write about that, that actually don't put LB next to Leo Chanel's name. It's just fifth pass rusher. Uh, occasional fifth pass rusher. So for everything that has occurred, you can start to look at the schedule. And again, as I said earlier, I think Justin Watson, because he isn't going on our IR, could return in time to play against the Miami Dolphins in Germany in a couple weeks. Um, with Nick Bolton, you can start to anticipate that. Is he possibly ready on Monday night, December 18th, against the New England Patriots? If not, then he would come back, one assumes, on Christmas Day against the poorly coached Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, and then worst case scenario is maybe he's not ready until, of course, January 7th. If he has a setback, um, that game, of course, is the season finale against the regular season finale, I should say, against the Los Angeles Chargers. So um, the way I see it, you're kind of looking f- probably for that New England Patriots on the tw- on the 18th, excuse me, or the Raiders on the 25th. Um, now, with them putting Nick Bolton on IR, I'm sure people want me to say it. A lot of people asked me yesterday in the parking lots, you now have a spot. For someone who wants to join the team, I'm not saying it's gonna happen, yeah. but it could. Yeah, he's just waiting by the phone. And uh, the I'm Chiefs not- aren't gonna have to add more linebackers because they've been running with two special team linebackers active. That that was the case last week. Yesterday they had uh, six Jones. linebackers active, technically, yeah. right? Yeah, Cam Jones was up, um, and Jack know, Cochran. Yes, right? and they will both still obviously be a part of a special team unit that is. Now that you know they have uh, a real weapon in McCole Harmon um, as the punt returner and kickoff returner, so yeah, it's it's possible. You know, I don't even have to say his name. Everybody know. I'm just saying that's a roster spot if you want to go down that road, or you can wait till after the trade deadline, which is kind of where the wind was blowing before Sunday. And I try to be like as you know diplomatic as I am. Like I'm obviously not in the front office i don't you know i understand where these things are going to some degree uh but a lot of people asked me in the parking lot because i was i I did see clinton i did see uh seth do their tailgating thing um and then people were like what about frank clark and it's just like man people love frank clark (laughs) like um so i don't know if that's gonna happen i just want to put that out there because it is a possible now scenario because one of the it was a numbers thing last week especially once they traded for McCole Hardman. Um, you're always, you know, injuries happen in this in the sport. It's unfortunate. Um, and it's sad because Nick Bolton was playing really well um, yesterday, particularly in the second half when the Chargers didn't score. Um, you know, when I watched the All-22, and I'm sure Seth uh, mentioned this when he wrote about Aminahue, even if Aminahue doesn't, you know, deflect the ball for Ladrius need to intercept it, Nim Bolton is like in perfect coverage. So I don't know where Justin Herbert was attempting that throw. But if it's somewhere in the middle of the field, like there were no open options, um, which is part of Nick Bolton's sort of progress as being a better zone defender, especially in condensed spaces like the red zone. So um, you rely on Drew Tranquil and hope that he can, you know, carry the torch until, you know, mid to late December. Uh, poking on some other stuff, we can figure. I don't know if you've seen anything with what uh, Tucker's popped up or that we can we can circle back on that in a little bit. But um, with the linebackers in particular, here's here's where I'm I'm coming from. You know, Seth's not here, so we don't have to pretend that Nick Bolton is not a good football player just to you know placate Seth, um, who has been on a, on a mission to slander the good name of Nick Bolton. Uh, but in in all seriousness, I am not. I am not worried about the Chiefs defense from here till Christmas or New Year's or whatever it ends up being um, because we have seen so much from Drew Tranquil where the one thing that like seemed the most evident about Nick Bolton was that he would he would provide the stabilizing force and the communication the things that he does really really well on the field that that, that would make sure everybody was properly laid out and that didn't seemed to get worse when he wasn't out there when Drew Tranquil was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm 
I'm not super duper worried about that in the meantime. I'm I'm sure you'd like the the thing I'm more worried about now, honestly, is you are now one injury away from like a lot of Jack yeah. Cochran or a lot yeah. of Leo. Leo yeah, it'd be a lot of Leo. Yeah. I mean, uh, depending on how your little ratios are are sort of yeah. amping up to Ben who gets hurt. I would say more Leo, a little bit more Shamari Connor, and then obviously if uh if you're in a certain, you know, personnel grouping, then you could go to Dime, which means uh, maybe more, even more staff from Mike Edwards, who's played well over the last few weeks. So, um, yeah, you know, one of the things that I think why Drew was available um, in free agency for quite a while is because, you know, he he had not really put together like a full season of production starter level up until the last year of his rookie contract, which was last season. Um, but he's really good in coverage. Um, he's been a sound tackler. He's not going to be as good of a tackler as Nick Bolton, um, but the understanding is that uh, he was going to improve their depth. You know, last year it would have been Darius Harris, um, and so there is an upgrade at the at the two line there for the Chiefs. But um, the defense is 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 playing as well as you could have ever asked, and it's just unfortunate because part of me yet part of me today, I think this morning, um, we were still sort of waiting on the news. Uh, was thinking like, man, you know he's probably going to go to IR, that being Nick Bolton. And so for three quarters, the Chiefs had everyone on defense. They projected to be their starters, obviously with Charles Aminahue coming off suspension. Um, and now, you know, with Charles coming back, they're going to have to move forward without Nick for quite a stretch. So um, it may even take until late December, perhaps even early January, before you have the 11 to sort of 15 guys that you want to make your defense as good as possible. With Aminahu coming back and with what the defense did show there, um, Seth already read about it, mnchiefsfan.substack.com. If you want to read Seth's early thoughts on Charles Aminahu and, and how excellent he was in his debut, the ability to play inside-outside, his post-game presser was really interesting. The The extent of what his impact is right now has me extremely excited about you know the Chiefs having a, a four-man pass rush that can get to the quarterback without having, not that they won't still plenty, but without having to go to the blitzes, without having to have the spag schemed up stuff um, that that has been the calling card to this point. We saw it a ton in week one with no Chris Jones, and then it seems like maybe that sort of leveled out yeah. a little bit as Jones ramped up, and now with Jones and Aminahu, that front four package with those two and Dana and Karloftis is thrilling. I think it was Joe Cullen last week who talked about, you know, the the Spags Super Bowl winning Giants squad, the the NASCAR packages and all of that, just having <laughs> four defensive ends on the field all together. It is that crazy. is it's it's awesome. It's my favorite thing in the world. Yeah. Just just to say like, hey Justin, somebody's somebody's gotta get pressure. Somebody yep. somebody's gonna not gonna make you feel uncomfortable. And that I think that had a cumulative effect because not only did they have a season high in five sacks, but the the pressure sort of stopped the charger from throwing the ball deep like they did in the first quarter. So it, it eventually it sort of wore it sort of wore them down um in terms of their protection and the fact that look, you know, they don't have a great they don't have a jerk McKinnon. I think that's something that we've learned too over the last two years is like, you know, it's good to have a it's good to have a quality offensive line, but you still need that sixth guy in protection at times and the Chargers just don't have a, a great pass blocking running back because they need to use Austin Eckler in the field, I would argue, especially without Mike Williams. Um, so when Steve Spagnuolo knows you're only going to use five guys, it just encourages him to, you know, have funky looks or to ask for exotic blitzes that, you know, maybe the backup center um, is not going to communicate exactly as well with the star quarterback as obviously we saw yesterday. Uh, I want to talk about the Chiefs' offense, obviously, uh, but as Nate and I continue to read and scroll, scroll real quick, uh, why don't you, Tucker, hop in and tell all of our friends about what they can get over at DraftKings Sportsbook? I would absolutely love to do that, Josh. And if you know NBA fans, well, the wait is over. Basketball is back in DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA is celebrating with an unbeatable offer New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for throwing down $5 on the NBA. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. You'll start the season with an instant dub. 
And with DraftKings parlays, everyone's got a shot at even bigger basketball wins. String together multiple bets from the same game or build your own parlay across multiple games for a shot at making your payday even sweeter. Basketball is more fun when you're in on the action, so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly for betting just $5. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdictions. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Back to you, Josh. Thank you, Tucker. Um, so here's what we've got right now. Obviously, this is literally something that we are seeing as the show is going on. So we'll just tell you what we got and then figure out what it means later, probably. Um, but it looks right now here on the Johnson County Sheriff website that Justin Ross uh, was arrested today, uh, this afternoon, it looks like. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, criminal damage of uh, around $25,000 and a DV note for domestic violence there in the mm-hmm. comments. So, um, and this is Charles Goldman, who you know does plenty uh, here on, on KCSN as well. Tweeted, it appears that the Chiefs wide receiver Justin Ross was booked by the Johnson County Sheriff's Department this afternoon on criminal property damage charges in excess of $25,000. We went through something where some of that raising was connected around Willie Gay Mm -hmm. uh, and what ultimately led into his suspension. His total and amount of damage was was way less. It was less than uh, $2,500, I believe. That's that's what I thought also. So here on the the Johnson County Sheriff's website, it's it's an, an entire other zero. Um, added on. So I, uh, you know, we don't have a lawyer on the show who's really good at reading things like this, but um, it, it does seem uh, if relatively... If only we had one. If only we happen to have a lawyer who's well, actually in the one. chat somehow too right now. Maybe Jazz is driving. I don't know. Um, Seth notes, you generally get booked upon arrest. Thank you, Seth. Yes. Um, so we don't... I'll, here's where I'm at at least, and then Nate, you can take it. I don't have nearly enough information to figure out what this actually means. We are getting a couple of characters on a website. Um, the extent of the rest of that story, I imagine, will be uh, flushed out over the next couple of days. We'll figure out exactly what's going on there. Um, certainly no statement or anything from the Chiefs to this point, and uh, no real further information from anybody beyond what's kind of just there in the uh, the booking report on the uh, Joko Sheriff website. Um, what would you add, Nate? Is there anything else that you want to keep an eye on? Uh, yeah, just we'll obviously get more information as, you know, time goes on. But, it, I mean, if it's domestic violence, it's um, it's it's just, it's not, it's terrible, honestly. Um, you know, we don't know the specifics. Um, as I like to tell a lot of people, you know, the police will put together a report, um, you know, we will read the details of that or the findings of it, um, you know, just to give, I guess, a a broad picture, right? No domestic violence is particularly the same. Uh, so you have to take them all on like sort of an individual basis, but it's, it's terrible. I mean, um, regardless of how this sort of concludes, um, the league has made it very clear that if you are associated with domestic violence of any kind, um, you're more than likely to be suspended. Um, on the human side, you know, I know there have been people uh, in the comments talking about what Willie Gay went through last year. Obviously, I've talked to him about it quite a bit. Um, you know, it's tough when you have altercations with, you know, someone who was significant to you or your significant other in the moment. Um, if that person feels threatened, it's domestic violence. Like, you know, and you, it doesn't necessarily have to be physical. It could be obviously um, psychological. It could be uh, a number of things. So again, we don't know as it relates to Justin Ross, but Willie Gay acknowledged last year that he was in the wrong. He had different options that he could have chosen to de-escalate their altercation. Um, he chose anger in a way that is um, just not not healthy, right? So um, the good thing is that both people have moved on and obviously doing better now in their own situation. Uh, when it comes to Charles Amenehue, right, I, I, I wrote about this um, a little bit ago, but, 
you know, this was in January during the upcoming postseason for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, if you read that police report, he uh, pushed his significant other to the ground, which again, scary. Uh, so it meets the threshold. You know, if you read the police report, she had no physical uh, injuries and she did not want medical treatment. Um, and so even with that, the league still says like, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, in our poly, in our, you know, what do you call it? The uh, leagues, I've written this so many times, personal conduct policies. Oh, yeah. Um, there's so many things in my head, but, you know, even for something that uh, really didn't go far in terms of like, you know, the the legal process, like Charles Aminu got six games. So who's to know where this will go with Justin Ross? It's just, it's just, heartbreaking in a lot of ways because these situations you know can be preventable um or can be prevented um but you know these are young people and they're dealing with a lot that we can't see all the time of course um but if you make that other person feel threatened in any way like it's just it's unfortunate and of course with the twenty five thousand dollar damage i mean you could I, I, you don't want to speculate but there's there's ideas that uh, you know, I've seen in the past reporting things and it's just like, yeah, that makes, that makes sense. So you don't know what the dispute is. Um, and obviously when we chat on Thursday, we may have more details. So obviously we'll update you as well on that. But, um, the one thing that we can sort of glean from this is that it's, it's sad just because, you know, I want people to be, um, you know, I just want people to not live in fear or obviously physical violence or domestic violence as it is, but also, um, for a young player who's trying to sort of establish who he is in the league, um, he's going to probably be suspended for this, um, you know, no matter, again, where the legal process goes. Like, you could, you know, the league has been pretty clear on, hey, even if you weren't charged and even if you weren't, even if it was, even if it didn't go the full process and let's say you, like, pled or you were convicted of something, like, they can still, um, within the commissioner's right, suspend you based on the collective bargaining agreement. Um, and Seth notes that up to is how they set apart charge level. So we'll see exactly where that settles. Um, and like you said, by Thursday, we'll probably have some more information. Um, it, he got talked to, Andy Reid was talking about him today. today. It would have been before yeah. all of this happened, I guess, just kind of doing the, the math in my head. That was around noon. Um, yeah. And it looks like this arrest was around 3.30 or so. Right, and just to uh, be mindful of like the team's itinerary, like um, usually if the team wins on Monday and you don't have an injury, you usually don't have to come to the facility until either Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday when you start the traditional practice week uh, leading up to the next game. So Justin Ross didn't have an injury. He may not have been, you know, it would have been an option for him if he wanted to be at the facility today or not. So, um, you know, it's a different work schedule than most people. Like we usually, all of us, <laughs> work Monday to Friday, uh, you may work occasionally on the weekend, um, but most players today have today and tomorrow off before obviously they turn their attention to the Denver Broncos. And Ross got, uh, a, he didn't get any targets yesterday, but he got quite a few snaps. I think it was mm -hmm. the most snaps aside from the Bears game, uh, which is obviously out of hand and in garbage time pretty early on. Um, again, we'll see when the details come out if we're talking about a suspension or if we're talking about former Chiefs wide receiver Justin Ross and all of these stories. We'll Certainly have more to go on on Thursday, but there's just sort of the incredibly surface level, literally the the skimming over a, a couple of lines of text from the site yeah. here. Um, Seth also says in Kansas they can tag any offense as domestic, so that's sort of that's the the comment thing in this. So again, there's just yeah, but that but also, we don't know what this moment. But context wise, I mean that it sort of again it surmises you to gleam that it involves another person. So, um, it's not just you in a, um, single sort of offense. So it's not like, uh, driving over the speed limit. So, it, I mean, look, the, the, the thing we can tell you is that it is not good. Um, and yeah, if he's on the team, he could face suspensions, uh, or a suspicion, I should say, but it's just, it's just, it's terrible. It's terrible news.
Okay, so here's our drastic tone shift where we pretend that that wasn't the last 10 minutes of our lives and we talk about the rest of the Chiefs offense because this is a live show and this is the the first mm-hmm. time we've had like objectively just bad breaking news during one of these. So um, I, I, I do still want to hear kind of wh- what you're thinking about what we saw from the Chiefs offense that was happening there yesterday uh, where you do see a vintage Mahomes-Kelsey game assisted mm-hmm. by some really bizarre defensive choices from the Chargers. Uh, you see the ball gets spread around to a whole bunch of wide receivers yesterday and Mahomes just doing some absolute Patrick Mahomes things and, and not a perfect game, but a really darn good one. What did you take away from the Chiefs offense altogether? I asked Patrick this and he didn't necessarily say yes, they like exactly that, but he sort of understood what I was trying to get at. You know, I've been saying for two weeks now they need to make choices, like hard choices. Um, they're still making them not necessarily as hard as, you know, maybe a previous offensive coordinator would. But, hey, <laughs> if you want to do that, that's fine. Matt Nagy, as we're learning, is a little bit more gracious than Eric Bieniemy in terms of play snaps and giving you a little bit of a longer leash. Um, but this is an ideal version of the offense, especially when a team cannot stop you from passing the football. So I know there are some people that are saying, hey, maybe you want just a little bit more of a balance with Isaiah Pacheco, who had a fine day. Uh, and again, he's getting better in pass protection. Uh, you know, you have obviously the use of Jared McKinnon in the screen, which Joe Tooney, uh, I guess, put, like, I guess it's a block in the back, but that defender is not, he's not breaking the laws of physics and like immediately turning and making the tackle. He was out leveraged. And, I do give, I do give, uh, I do give the defender credit for when, oh man, I'm out of leverage. He about to score. Please touch my back because I'm gonna. Yep. Why? <laughs> I'm just gonna ah, like give a big scream and hope that there's a penalty. So they got Marquez Valdez Scantling more involved. Uh, I saw Kadarius Tony run a. Hey, by the way, guys, did Kadarius Tony run a a real route? I think maybe just the one, but but he caught it. it. The and he was open. He, he was open. I was like, "Whoa!" Tony ran an actual route downfield uh, that didn't require him to do a ton of motion in the backfield. Right? Even the even the great reception he had against the, the Jets was like, "All right, we want you to go here, and you want you to come back here. Then we want you to do a real route." You know, it, I, I get it. But like sometimes it'd be like nice if he could just line up and just. I don't know, run a post. Yeah, just run a post. <laughs> you know, do the thing Justin Watson was doing. It's going to be really fast running a post, right? Like, right? you're going to get slow right? running a post? Right. I mean, we can give you the ball in space and let you do your thing, but, like, the wiggle all the time. Like, we don't need it. Uh, Just run a dig. <laughs> can we run a high-low scheme with Travis Kelsey? Oh, my God, Travis Kelsey is open again. again. I, I'm right. sorry. Again. How many times did Pat yesterday say, I know this is not the play call, but guys, he's so open. Oh my God. The play, he said the initial play was for MBS. Yep. He comes off of it and he's like, all right, maybe I'll scramble. Where's Kelsey? Yep. All right. Wow. MBS is wide open. Ah, you know, just like it was, it's an ideal performance from the offense because everybody got involved. Even Sky Moore looked like a competent secondary option. You still have Travis Kelsey just eating the middle of the field at his will. Um, And the offensive line against two good pass rushers did a really nice job. Like the, I thought there was even growth on Mahomes where like when he took the sack, it was, we have the lead. Don't do anything stupid. My defense is good. Just eat the football. I will get another opportunity and we will move the ball on the second time. And so I think, there's even growth from Mahomes in a sense where, hey man, I think if they beat you on the coverage, that's fine. You still got the lead. Your defense is 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 playing better in the second half. And guess what? They rewarded you. They give you the ball back, and obviously they go and get the the game winning touchdown in, in essence. Um, but the play calling I thought was a lot better, and it was just more. Um, it was it was more of a. What's the word I'm looking for? It was more of an ensemble performance. Yeah. A not a solo or a duet. It was just like this is an actual collection of people 
harmonizing together to make quality music. We we just don't need the diva to sing every song without us kind of thing. Yeah, Mahomes and Kelsey's names are on the poster for sure. But it was like it was it was a relatively equal ensemble cast. And this is kind of an interesting little element of it with with uh, McCole Hardman being back and mm-hmm. um, all of the guys who got involved. But the, the most interesting this, this is not the most important receiver uh, take, because I, I think that's going to be about Rasheed Rice. OK, but one thing that I think is just sort of interesting. Have you seen anybody unhappy with Sky Moore's game? On on the on the on the internet, Josh? on the internet, where everyone's unhappy all the time. Was that was there was there anyone who was um above the legal limit who found a way to, you know, hit you up after the game on the post game show? I didn't. I there definitely were <laughs> many, and I appreciate them. God, I love the I love the post game show. Please call Josh. Continue to work make this man work on his on his Sunday nights. It's it's amazing. Where it's just like. I don't know what they're doing. It's just like, well, they won. <laughs> yeah, last night was the most positive post game show hey! since the Super Bowl. Easy. Easy, good for you guys. It was nice. It was How it was a that? good it was a good time. But I I haven't really heard anybody complain about Sky Moore. I think he no. ended up with one less snap or one more snap than than Rasheed Rice. But the the funny thing is that two for fifteen is exactly the stat line we were talking about every other week this year. Of like, man, Sky Moore has been out there all these snaps and he got three targets or whatever and caught two of them but he had a nice little out route moved the chains and you go all right there's there's sky Moore doing that. i think tony romo mentioned uh the little julian edelman thing hey man if if he's julian edelman i'll take it if rasheed rice is sammy watkins or Dwayne bow reincarnated um and travis kelsey is travis kelsey this this offense has something but i think it's kind of interesting Shout out to Thomas in the YouTube chat yes. for knowing that even Gary from Illinois was positive. That's what I knew. That's what I knew it was going to be a good night because Gary was like, I feel good. Um, shout out to George Karloftis who never gets sacks and always makes me mad. He got a sack for me. It was yes. fun. It was a, it was a fun show last yes. night. Um, there's some good some good comments about the show. It was it was fun. It really was. I'm quite tired, but it's still it was still a good show. Right. Um, but. The, the interesting thing about the ensemble cast, and I, I also think there might be a little bit of this with McCole Hardman just sort of being like vibes king of the wide receiver room. It doesn't feel quite like, 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 like such a, a pressure cooker. Mm. It, it doesn't feel like Sky Moore has to make somebody do something every route. Mm. It, it doesn't feel like the weight of the world is on Rasheed Rice's shoulders. He seems comfortable. Yep. And you you have McCole Hardman running up and and yelling at Rasheed Rice in a post game interview, despite the fact the two of them may have met for the first time like three days ago. Um, you you have McCole Hardman in some of those situations where I really this is sort of my like evolved take. And, and Jason mentioned the the ESPN thing on uh, on a ten today. I thought it was a really interesting angle that kind of spun into this for me, where the 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 tension of the Chiefs offense this year has been part of it for me that I didn't even fully realize. Like, it just kind of feels like maybe it's going to snap or maybe it's going to work, but mm. there's just a lot riding on some really young guys. And when McCole Hardman shows up, he is comfortable in the offense and he's comfortable in his role, even a brand new one that's lessened from what it was when he was here, you know, uh, six months ago or whatever it would have been, um, eight months ago most recently. And, and he made the most out of his role, right? He had he had right. maybe two chances for a return, and he like if you're batting you know if you're if you're one for two every game and you have a a return that puts the offense in scoring position, you you did well in your role, and he's happy with his role, and it's just like it's a reflection of like I've been through it before, guys. Like it's it's not like enjoy what you have because the coaches are actually good at their jobs. I know. Because I just left some that are like yep. in New York. And and like so MVS is also he's been in the offense for a while now and like I think he's comfortable with what he's doing. But MVS isn't yeah, this guy, you know? MVS is a professional wide receiver. Like that he he's he seems like a relatively like serious, thoughtful kind of guy. But uh-huh. like that he he's not running around. I I'm not in the locker room as much as you are, so please correct me if I'm wrong. No, I'd no, be shocked no. if I was. Where he's he's not the Tyreek Hill super duper energy type. He doesn't need to be, but you you want to have some of those guys. I think Kadarius Tony could be that guy. I think Rasheed Rice could be that guy. Sky Moore 
good dude. Enjoyed talking to him when I got to out in the MVS charity softball game. Maybe he could be that guy. But right now, all none of them can be that guy until they are a wide receiver in the offense who knows what they're doing and who isn't spending part of their brain power at all times trying to make sure they've they've downloaded what they need to. There, it just seems like there might have been a little bit of pressure out because everybody also stepped up, and I think most importantly, Rasheed Rice. The the thing that Rasheed Rice has proven is that he he's making his he's making the life of the coaches a lot easier, mm-hmm. and uh, he it's just undeniable now that when he gets the ball, good things happen, which means he needs to be on the field. So, um. It's it's just making it easier because now with and I wonder this too, like for instance, like you want the offense to be like at its most ideal and like best execution probably right at the bye week, right? Like, you know, the Miami Dolphins are a very good team. You want to go toe to toe with them, like the offense kind of needs to have a performance like they had before their bye week last year against the 49ers, a much better defense, but they still put up 40, right? Um, and it was like everybody in that game sort of like, like, okay, MVS knows what he's doing. Juju Smith Schuster's like, I'm gonna, oh my God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get all these yards. Kelsey's still going to be the focal point of the offense, and he's gonna suck a lot of attention. And, you know, Mahomes still has a really nice running back tandem with, you know, Isaiah Pacheco, because that was his first start as a rookie, and then obviously Jared McKinnon playing against his former team last year. You hope that you have a similar sort of effect, and with Rasheed Rice being basically what I would say is the closest thing they had to Juju Smith-Schuster last year, is that is that fair? Then, I think so, yeah. Then now you can expand the the route tree for Kadarius Tony, and all of a sudden, everything that you know. Cole Harmon was good at, he's going to go right back to that. So in the next two games, more jet sweeps, more things in in, in motion. Obviously, uh, he can run those crossers, those deep overs that Self mentioned last episode. You know, him knowing exactly where the sticks are on a, you know, cover zero blitz in the red zone. My quarterback needs me. Like, if I was the receiver coach, that is the first clip I'm showing to everybody. Like, that guy just got here. Yep. And everybody needs to do that. Like, so Sky Moore, like, we're gonna have, we're gonna let you have opportunities to do that. You gotta know the down and distance. You gotta know how to adjust your route, but still be on time and know that the defense is blitzing. So get your head around and be ready to make a play. Um. All of a sudden, the offense is starting to make sense. And if it makes sense to us, it should make sense to not only Matt Nagy and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, but now everybody can sort of play off one another. And it doesn't sound like, you know, it it, it can sound more like jazz. It doesn't sound like seventh graders trying to (laughs) stay on the beat. Yeah, guys, it's it's a four, four. We're not, we're in 4-4, four, four, not in 3-4. You know, I, yeah, I, I just remember my my band director always being like, guys, one, two, three, four, then back to one, two, three, four. <laughs> or not, none of this is up tempo. None of this is a 3-4. Not the 3-4 three, defense. 3-4 three, measures, guys. Just play, play in rhythm, play in rhythm, play in time. And that's a bit sharp. You're a yeah. bit sharp. Out of rhythm and a bit sharp is really the first. Like, that's kind of the thing about the offense that's kind of been a little bit wacky, that it just it, it doesn't feel good for the Chiefs offense to be out of sync. And to all of that, listening to I locker room, I know after a game is wild. And so I've got I got like two or three minutes of Rasheed Rice audio that I can't remember if you were asking questions for. If you were nope. on the other side of the locker I was room. Somewhere when, else. OK, so the, the couple things that he talked about that I just thought was so interesting was was talking about on that touchdown. He was like, yeah, I just, there was a spot where the defense wasn't going to see me and I knew Pat eventually would, so I just stayed there. Great. All right, man. Yeah, hell yeah, right. dude. Simple enough. Yep. Man, see, it seems so simple, you it know? Seems, it seems so simple. <laughs> but but like we we talked about pretty early on 
where you're like, oh, he he kind of understands zone coverage. He kind of understands what the Chiefs are working towards. And, 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 you know, he talked about just getting after it constantly in practice and really working on all of that and listening to the, the older guys around him. But then also he said, like, I, look, I, I knew that uh, I'm paraphrasing here, obviously. He said, look, I, I, I heard that, that rookie wide receivers don't do much in an Andy Reid offense. And I, I wanted to break that. Like, I wanted to, to be able to, to break that trend and figure out. He said, they didn't draft me to sit on the bench. Whoa, that's a good what? that's a good dang quote. Why couldn't he have said that last week? When I wrote about him, ah, great quote, incredible great quote. quote. I don't know, quote. I don't know who of my peers did it, but I salute you. Uh, I think Vahe was all over that. I think I ended oh. up basically like chopping down a, a supercut of Vahe questions at one point. Vahe, get look, Hall of Famer, man, putting in work. I, I appreciate it. Look, he he's comfortable. That yeah, quote, that's the biggest that, thing. He's comfortable. Yes, that quote that I just heard because you know sometimes I read through all the transcripts, but like. This it, it is utterly chaos. I mean, it's so chaotic, guys. I can't even explain how chaotic it is. And you could talk to anybody and have like a legitimate story. Like people were talking to Mike Edwards, and I was like, "Yeah, Mike Edwards is playing really good right now." You know, and Ladarius needs over here, and Drew Tranquil's like, "I've been waiting all week for these cameras. Somebody come talk to me against what I do against my former team. I am scoreless. Like it was the most." Humble, polite, I need to brag for just five minutes before I see my wife and kids. I just, <laughs> they didn't want me. They didn't want me. Did we shut them out? We shut them out in the second half. You know, like, again, somebody go find True Tranquil Sound because it's just, it was perfect. It was just like, you know, the teams that, uh, that can make stops in the, in the fourth quarter, those are the teams that go far in this league. And I was just like, if that ain't the most shade I done ever heard to Brandon Again, in the most humble manner. Uh, that's who I was with. So when Rasheed Rice was over here, I was listening to Drew Tranquil just knife everybody in the Chargers organization. What I'll say in very being very coy, very professional, very, very respectful, very humble, but also... Everybody come over here real quick. Got some I got some stuff so, to get off my chest. So Rasheed Wright saying that is just a level of like comfort. It's just like, I'm a dude. Like as Seth would say, like, I'm a dude. Like I, did you see me catch the ball and run a guy over? Not because I had to. Cause I to. <laughs> like, I don't know if Pacheco's like in his ear being like, that's what I, that's, that's what you're supposed to do. But what about yards at the catch? the yards after the catch. Yards after catch come after after trampling. Okay, there's yards after catch. There's yards after contact. You can have yards after catch and contact. You can have yeah. both. Yeah, like I was just like, if that ain't the most Isaiah Pitch, he could have gone left or right. He just went straight through him, <laughs> and I was just like, Ooh. uh. So he seems. I'm so happy you told me that, Josh, because like, yeah, he seems comfortable and. What we're seeing on the field is is translating to obviously what he's what he's willing to share at this point. But man, he said he said believe that. Wow, he said believe the Andy Reid rookie thing. <laughs> wow, that's paraphrasing my paraphrase, but I think it's but cool. still that's amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, well, we'll uh, we'll have Seth back on Thursday to talk about what else he saw. Again, he already wrote about Charles Minahu. That's up in the Chief of the North newsletter. You can read Nate's post-game piece and also uh, something quick on Nick Bolton already, I believe, right? Yep. Um, up at theathletic.com. And, and again, we'll we'll circle back again on Thursday and uh, look ahead. To, boy, it's going to be weird to preview Chiefs Broncos. It feels like we haven't done that in six minutes. Um, oh, man, I don't like the faces Nate's making looking at his phone. This is the perfect ending. Ladies and gentlemen, I am here to inform you. Maybe you maybe you already knew this because uh, it was 10 minutes ago. Giannis Antetokounmpo. I almost said that. I was like, oh, we're at an hour already. I'm just going to let it go. He signed a three-year, $186 million extension. They got him, guys. They got him. Who sweet-talked to this man? He hasn't played a single game. Giannis, you ain't played a single game with this man. Just give it a minute. Or like Christmas, baby. You don't have to. You don't have to greet it this now. You could have been too. We could have seen you at the garden. Now I do appreciate that. Like he wants to be with Milwaukee, the team that drafted him. Love it to death. It's your Reggie Miller, Kobe Bryant. 
He wanted that a lot more after they got Lillard. Michael Jordan on post. We're not talking about the Wizards. Uh, Don't count. Like, get your your Tim Duncan on. But also, have you seen Dave Lillard guard anybody? He can't guard anyone. He can't guard Sam. He can't. (laughs) Because he chooses not to. Not because he's not talented. He actively chooses not to. If James Harden didn't exist, Dame Lillard would be the most. Maybe that guy in Atlanta. But see, he. Trey is a whole other issue. Whole other deal. But if if James Harden didn't exist, everybody would know. He not even really trying to get rebounds like Westbrook. Giannis, I just want you to play one game with him. One game. He somehow convinced him to get rid of Terry Stouts. Just get him off the team. Get him. Get him off the team. We got rid of our best offensive guard, who was good, who wanted to be here, who did help the team win a championship for a he better get so many buckets. But if he's got a card to be Butler in the first round of the playoffs, I'm not thrilled. Okay, I want Giannis to succeed. He's one of my favorite players. He's going to terrify Victor Wimbanyama. But also, who's going to guard anybody on that team? How did they sweet talk? Great job by the front office. Great job by ownership. How did they sweet talk this man into a three-year extension that he will immediately ask out of two years from now if it doesn't work because Dame Lillard chooses not to play defense? With Best comment head, of the day. With a new Best. head coach. That'll all be fine. That always works. That'll a new head coach. They sweet talk? I want somebody to sweet talk me so that I can regret it two years later when I said, why did I sign for all that money? What he? I got to be rim protector. Point forward, all world, and he just shoots it with three seconds on the shot clock after dribbling for twelve seconds because he's Dame Lillard because he's just he's Dame just, time, maybe. Yeah, yeah, Dame time. Yeah, Dame time. Yeah, yeah. From uh, yeah. Lev or Leave in the uh, in the comments. <laughs> Only weird dames. Now, when Seth's 